Welcome in episode 193, What's Right with Nick Wright. Huge show, such a big show, I damn near forgot to tweet out the link. I'll do that as we speak. We have Monday Night Football game. We're going to do an NBA roundup on today's show. Uh, At the end of the A block, we have a game to play. I had a great gambling weekend. Demonze, not so much, unfortunately, but we persevere. Demonze, how are you this morning? I'm doing pretty good. How you doing? Feeling pretty great. Uh, huh? I'm, you know, I'm doing. People think that I root for the downfall of certain teams or players. It's just not true. I do root to be correct, to be vindicated, and for everyone to eventually get on the page I've been on. We will discuss that in just a moment. But first, what missed the cut? Here is what missed the cut on. Today's show, Aaron Rodgers returning by mid-December. I'll believe it when I see it. John Harbaugh, uh, Jim Harbaugh, pardon me, suspended for three games. And Kelsey and Swift steal headlines during the bye as she just, it with total jubilance, runs into his arms. And I've got to tell you, I don't want to be hyperbolic, but I don't know if any team in NFL history has had a better bye week than the Chiefs. Let's go through it. Saturday, the world's biggest or second biggest pop star embraces our GOAT tight end. Sunday, the Bengals lose, the Chargers lose, the Jaguars lose, the Ravens lose. Monday, Patrick Mahomes goes on the Manning cast. They're like, hey, Patrick, how do you think this drive is going to go? He's like, well, they're going to run it on first down, run it on second down, then do a play-action pass on third down. Check, check, check. Hey, Patrick, how do you think they're going to defend Josh Allen here? Oh, I think they're going to do shell coverage with number 42 being the spy. Check, check. And then the Bills lose in excruciating franchise-altering fashion. Uh, And, by the way, Stefan Diggs' brother is like, eh, maybe he needs to leave, which we'll get to in a moment. Oh, there it is right there. So, if you're a Chiefs fan... Pretty good week where you didn't even have to show up to work and you damn near locked up the one seed. Let's get into last night's game, Demonze. Yes, last night's game was obviously terrible. The Bills started the game off with two back-to-back uh, turnovers. Uh, so the, tor- the turnover thing is obviously a huge problem with Josh Allen. How do you, as a Bills fan, think that this guy can take you to the Super Bowl if he's turning the ball over so much? Well, listen, I... <sighs> We just have to be honest about who Josh Allen is as a player. We don't have to act like, oh, my God, the guy's trash. Oh, do the Bills have a quarterback problem? They have an expectations problem. The media has a false equivalency problem. But there aren't six quarterbacks in the NFL you'd rather have than Josh Allen. The problem is he had been being discussed and the Bills operated as if there are not any quarterbacks you would rather have than Josh Allen. And the guy leads the league in turnover in interceptions this year. He has the most interceptions in the NFL since 2022. The most interceptions in the NFL since 2021. The most interceptions in the NFL since 2020. The most interceptions in the NFL since 2019. The most interceptions in the NFL since 2018. 
He has the second most since 2017, and 2017, he was playing at Wyoming. So that simply is who he is. The Bills built a team assuming that they had Superman at quarterback. They don't. They have a guy who has Superman moments and a guy who, and Ben Solak said this weeks ago, and I will reiterate it, he plays every game like it's the divisional playoff game against Kansas City where you have to score on every possession or you're going to lose. How many times this year have the Bills been in a position where if they just take care of the football, they'll win and Josh doesn't let them do it? Game one of the season, Aaron Rodgers goes down. Josh throws three picks. A month ago, you're playing the woeful Patriots who are coming off getting annihilated in back-to-back games. You throw a pick to start the game and give them hope. Yesterday, you're playing a Broncos team that even though Russell Wilson is playing all right, the coach clearly doesn't trust him and wants to be as conservative as possible, and you give him great field position the entirety of the game because you're just addicted to turning the ball over. Those are three games you win if you take care of the football. And then you're still a flawed team, but you're instead of five and five, you're eight and two and in first place in the conference. If you can beat Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, and the Denver Broncos, and in those games, you have eight total turnovers by the quarterback, forget the rest of the team, that's not a sustainable model. So can they win a Super Bowl one day? Maybe. Yeah, if you have a really good quarterback, you're going to be in the mix. Can they win a Super Bowl with this collection? No. And this is the drum I've been beating that folks, and this is where I get a little irritated at times, I will admit, because the the commentary that I got from friends, colleagues, children, fans, when discussing the Bills last year was that, oh, you're threatened by them. The reason you're down on them is because it's Chiefs, Bills, Bills, Chiefs, is because Allen, Mahomes, Mahomes, Allen, and you're trying to tear him down to prop up your guy and your team. And the answer was, no. I just see a guy who is the absolute epitome of a roller coaster quarterback and I don't think you have a good enough infrastructure around him for that to be championship caliber and folks tried to sell me on oh but they have so much talent no they don't on offense they have two aside from Allen they have one excellent player Stephon Diggs Their offensive line is mediocre. Their running backs 
are mediocre. Yeah. They're the, Knox's. Knox is you call him mediocre above too? average. No, yeah. he's better than mediocre. He's above average. The uh, Gabe Davis is a below average number two receiver. That playoff game against the Chiefs, notwithstanding, and Knox, by the way, got hurt unfortunately. Now defensively, they've been ravaged by injuries, and maybe that put a ceiling on their team. But even with those defensive injuries, they're eight and two if their quarterback doesn't turn the ball over. And they're now to the other part of it. Another thing that I pointed out when it happened and folks thought I was trolling. I don't think they are well coached. And the canary in the coal mine was last year, Demonze, when if you remember, do you remember when Ken Dorsey in the booth was breaking things and throwing yeah. things and having yeah, a yeah. full-blown meltdown. And folks were like, ah, oh, it's the passion he of cares. the moment. What, what He <laughs> cares. And I said, oh, great. He's not even on the sideline. He's not a player. He's a grown-ass man in the booth needing to keep his head together, and he's breaking things. That makes me feel like the job's too big for you. Anybody, this is, I don't care what, what job you're in. If you are in response to things going poorly at work, breaking or throwing things that either the job's too big for you or you're a little unstable or all of the above, I don't care what you do for a living. If you have a boss who when think you get a bad sales report picks up his coffee mug and throws it across the room that means there's either something wrong with that person or they know the job is too much for them and it's getting to them i don't think there's anything wrong with ken dorsey i think the job was too big for him it's it's not i i don't feel the exact same way as when like dable the previous OC just mother F's everyone on the sideline because that's kind of like accepted in football, but it's like adjacent to it. But when you are a coordinator removed from everything, that to me was a legitimate, significant warning sign. And then this off season, when Stefan Diggs shows up to work and then leaves and nobody knew it was a big deal until Sean McDermott the leader of the team came to the press conference, looked a deer in the headlights and goes, how concerned am I? Very concerned. Very concerned. And then the next day was like, why did everyone make such a big deal out of it? I don't know what the problem is. And then the next day they canceled practice and we were told, no, 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 nothing to see here. There, A, there was something to see there as evidenced by the fact that Stefan's brother didn't make it through the season before saying that his brother's got to get out of there. That's first of all. Second of all, even if it's a five-alarm fire. It's McDermott's job to make sure that stays in-house. So there's that. There's the fact that this team that has not sniffed a Super Bowl in 30 years put in their practice facility a giant panoramic Lombardi Trophy banner as if that's our next step. No, your next step is getting back to where you were three years ago. Three years ago, you made a conference championship game and got blown out by the Chiefs. 
Two years ago, you played a wildly exciting round two game. One year ago, you got dog walked in your building in round two. It's a downward trajectory as I've been saying. And now you're five and five. Now you have the same amount of wins as the Raiders and the Colts. Bully for you. That's yeah, who the Bills are. Restraints on Josh Allen. Well, put and some, then uh, uh, to get back to McDermott, which, but also, Demonze, to get back to McDermott, and then we'll get to the Josh Allen piece of it, uh, you have 12 men on the field. On the field goal, or you win. You win the game. Despite doing everything Crazy. you can to lose it, you win the game. That's coaching. And then... The, the Coach Mangini says this all the time, and it's a smart point, which is with parenting or with coaching, you have to be very careful on the behavior you reward or you give attaboys for. Because if it's a bad decision that ends in a good result and you pat them on the back and say, well done, that affirms that behavior and then you lose the right to get upset when it goes wrong when it goes poorly so many of the plays that the the bills internally and the sports world externally have applauded josh allen for are bad plays but they've worked It has been, oh my God, how did he fit that football in there? And now, listen, there are certain times you've got to do it. It's third and long, you're down four, it's late in the game, you got to take your shot. But a lot of those things, plays are happening in the first quarter of 1 p.m. kickoff games where the Bills are eight-point favorites. And it's like, holy look at the throw. All right. But if that's what you're rewarding then don't get upset when at the end of the first half last night, he tries to make one of those throws to the sideline and you gift the Broncos three points. And it's why people are like, oh, he's the modern Brett Favre. Man, yes, Favre had a lot of this with him. But Favre also had a five-year run where he was undoubtedly the best quarterback in the league, went to -to back-to-back Super Bowls and won one. So if you're like, oh, he's Brett Favre without the rings or the MVPs or, you know, the alleged welfare theft scandal, set that aside. Um, Sure. But do you know what Brett Favre without the rings and the MVPs is? Dante Culpepper. And I've been telling you that. I've been telling you he is not a modern day Brett Favre. He's a modern day Dante Culpepper. And there's nothing wrong with that. The, what's wrong with is how we've been discussing it. And so, yeah. And and the, the other part of this is the Bills took their shot, man. They, they are not in a great cap situation. Von Miller was barely on the field last night. That's unfortunate and it's bad luck that he got hurt. But when you sign an aging player to a six-year, $120 million contract when he's coming off an injury, that's the risk you run. 
and now they're up against the cap. Josh's contract is kicking in. Their only other good, really good offensive player seems unhappy. What do you do? Yes, you, 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 you kind of start over around Josh, and that clock gets ticking. And then one other point that the and this is why the mo, when people were like, "Oh, Mahomes Allen, it's the latest Brady Manning." It always irritated me. Right now, there is no rival for the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. Everybody thinks they're the Chiefs' rival. I don't know who the Chiefs think their rival is. But people say, oh, it's the Bengals. Well, the Bengals right now are in ninth place. So they need to worry about making sure they don't miss the postseason. And then we can see if that rivalry can be reborn. The Bills at least had made a bunch of postseasons in a row, but they're now 5-5. Five and five. The point, the reason I'm making this point is, right, Demonze, if the playoff standings hold, quarterbacks who have played in consecutive postseasons, Mahomes is at 6. It will be at 6, you know, at the end of this year. If these standings hold, who do you think will be at the second most? I'll give you a hint. It's not in the AFC. It's not in the AFC? Uh, yeah. Would it be Stafford? No, because they no. missed last year. and they're not Oh, yeah, they year. did. They did. Um, the answer is, I'll, I'll tell you the number. Dak at three. Yeah. Jalen will be at three. Trevor Lawrence, Brock Purdy, and Geno Smith will be at two. No one else, no other quarterback will have played in consecutive postseasons other than Geno, Purdy, and Lawrence two in a row, Dak and Jalen at three in a row, and then Mahomes every year he's been the starter. The point, and listen, Josh Allen is at four in a row, but right now they're pacing to miss it. Joe Burrow's at two in a row. They're pacing to miss it. I Herbert got to one. They're pacing to miss it. Cousins was at one, and now he's hurt, so he wouldn't be playing this year, even though I think they are going to make the postseason. The point is, there, there is no team or player that, right, there, there is no Peyton Manning to Patrick Mahomes' Tom Brady. Maybe it'll be Burrow. Maybe. Burrow's got a lot of catching up to do, and we'll talk about it this week. And his couple interceptions in the fourth quarter this week made it a hell of a lot more likely that his team's going to be on the outside looking in in the postseason. All right, next. All right, I'm disgusted. Um, so Why? Purdy and the Prince faced up. Because uh, uh, I, I, fade, I faded Brock Purdy for the first time, I feel like, oh. all season, and that came back to bite me oh, in the butt. The- because yeah, this Prince right. guy is spoke, supposedly got yeah. this pedigree and he's better than Brock Purdy because he went to this college and this one middle school. So how did his yeah. how did his pedigree help him in this game versus Brock Purdy? He were obviously coming off the longest win streak in the NFL. Well, Niners lost listen, three. What happened? So what you said at the end there might have been what happened, but I'll get to that in a second. Um, listen, Trevor didn't play well. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And Trevor didn't play well, and he needs to play better. 
Now, last year, this was the exact time he turned his season around. They were three and seven, and then they went on a run, and he went on a run. This year, fortunately, they're six and three. But statistically speaking, there's no denying it. He has not been the guy that I thought he would be this year. I thought he would be right alongside Mahomes as the leading MVP candidate. And he's given you what, you know, he's averaging one passing touchdown a game. He has not been as good as I thought he would be, as good as he needs to be. His fumbling has been a problem. The interceptions hadn't been a problem until this week. And the team right now is six and three, which you would obviously have taken before the year, but his play has not lined up with their overall record in spots. Now, I think the touchdown numbers are a little misleading because they are, A, they've had turnovers in the red zone problems, which is, some of that's on him. They've had a lot of bad fumbles. Some of that's on him. Also, they are running the ball into the end zone disproportionate to how they're moving the ball down the field. And prior to this week, they had had a lot of leads at halftime, so they're running more in the second half. But Trevor needs to be better. There is no denying whatsoever that Trevor has not been thus far this year, the level of player that I said he was going to be. Now, do I still have faith that he is that level of player? Yes. To mention him for the second time on this pod, Ben Solak for the ringer is putting a lot of this on Press Taylor, the play caller for the Jacksonville Jaguars. That may or may not be a part of it, but Trevor needs to be better. So there's the Trevor piece of it. Now, to the Niners piece of it, I, folks, I think... So let me be very clear here. That was a really good win by the Niners, a really good game by Brock Purdy. There is no denying it. If folks want this to have some massive impact on my opinion of Brock Purdy, I'm sorry it doesn't. We knew that when he's got all the Avengers there and they're playing from ahead, He looks great. Now, I did not think they were going to be playing from ahead. I thought Jacksonville was going to put up more resistance, and I thought Jacksonville's offense was going to be better. So that's not what the game turned into. But the the questions that I had about Purdy that reared their head during the losing streak of, oh, if you're not dominating an opponent, are you able to, to you know, be a force multiplier for your team, those questions still remain in spades. Now, dominating the Jaguars makes the Niners as a team look even more formidable. And I said before the game that if the Niners won, they would be able to tell themselves and tell everyone, look, when we are healthy, we're the best team in the league. Now, do I believe that? I don't. Do they have the resume of it? They do. They're not only beating people, they're blowing people out when they're at full strength. But we knew that Brock Purdy could play that type of game under those circumstances. Reminded me a lot of the Cowboys game, where you're playing a tough opponent that's got a good defense. You get out to an early lead, and you are cooking. And he was cooking. The throw to Kittle, now the first touchdown 
Kyle Shanahan said after the game was the worst decision he's made since he's been a Niner. It ended up being, you know, working out for him, but the across his body into the end zone. His coach, don't take my word for it, his coach said it was the worst decision he's made. Brock said it was a bad decision. The second touchdown, the pass to Kittle was unbelievable. He can't even set his feet. He's got a pass rush and he launches it. So I give him, you know, credit. But does it change my opinion of him? It does not. All right, next, Demaze. CJ Stroud taking the league oh, by wait, storm. Oh wait, hold on. Before we before sorry, before we do that, they oh, wanted wait, to yeah, go sorry, over. Guys. Go ahead. Yeah, no, you you gave you gifted uh some tailgaters in Jacksonville or Duval uh 500 bucks yeah. for some Casamigos and they tweeted out yeah, so, a little shout out so, thank let's, you. So so I'll go through this. So the these guys uh Don and Andrew <clears throat> pardon me. They they're the they do some media with Jacksonville. They do a podcast there. Um, they're massive Jags fans that cover the team. And they do for home games, I've seen it on social media, they do these Casamigos tailgates where they spin Casamigos bottles and they drink. And, you know, it's probably a little, you know, maybe a little a little overindulgence, but whatever. It's good fun. It's football. Um, and I saw that they were asking for donations for it. So I tweeted to him, how much are y'all trying to raise here? And someone, and uh, their official account, Dunn and Drew, I said Dunn and Drew, Dunn and Drew, pardon me, wrote, you throw $5, we'll be grateful. So yeah, so I Venmoed them what I thought would take care of all the Casamigos they needed, like 10 bottles. So I sent them 500 bucks. And then I said, you know, because I'm damn near 40 years old, I was like, please, you know, don't don't nobody get alcohol poisoning. I don't need that on my conscience. Um, and then I said, reminder, kids, the 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 paying for the Casamigos and the Royal Trumpeters on first things first is free if you bet on the Jags plus three. Now that didn't work out for me. It was five hundred bucks. Then there's the Trumpeters cost, which they came just to mock me, and I lost the bet. So that part didn't work out. This part was very cool, though. However, which is they had this giant poster of you know, a, a guy in a Jag suit with my face and an actual Jaguar on a leash, and they were bringing it around the tailgate. So, I listen, I still think the Jags are a good team. I Do I think they're the Chiefs? No. Do I think they can look eye-level with every other team in the AFC? I absolutely do, including your beloved Ravens and the Bengals, who we'll talk about in a moment. Uh, but... This was a rough game, but I'm glad they had fun before the game. All right, now C.J. Stroud. So C.J. Stroud's obviously been great this year. Uh, he led another game-winning drive versus the Bengals. Uh, and through nine games, he's leading the, leading the uh, league in yards per game. So if Stroud continues this, do you think he's a lock for Rookie of the Year? Oh, there's no question he's locked for Rookie of the Year. It's almost more like... Greatest I think he's already ever. a lock for rookie of the year. Great, I, greatest rookie quarterback season ever. The the candidates are RG 3s rookie year, Cam's rookie year, Herbert's rookie year, and Marino for half of his rookie season was unbelievable, absolutely unbelievable. See, right now C.J. Stroud is outpacing all of them, and I I am not ready to talk about him as league MVP. But he is forcing his way into the conversation. They were without half a dozen starters this weekend, and they're playing a desperate Bengals team, and he outplayed Burrow. 
Now, he also had his single worst play of the entire year, uh, that pick at the end up 10, but he you know recovered from it and he drove him down for, once again, another game-winning drive. Now, the reason I'm ready to go MVP yet is because 15 days ago, he got outplayed by, CJ, by Bryce Young in a 15-13 slugfest, but he's been awesome. And I am ready to say he, like, I've seen enough from him to say we have another excellent quarterback in the league. The AFC, once again, has another great quarterback where the NFC, you know, the, the Panthers and the NFC have the one pick. They take Bryce Young. The Texans have the two pick. They take C.J. Stroud. He's clearly the better of the two. And then the guy, another guy who might be better than Bryce, Anthony Richardson, was the Colts pick, but he got hurt. So... Uh, before I didn't see this coming before the draft. I said I didn't love any of these quarterbacks, but I would take Richardson one probably because of the upside. CJ has been absolutely spectacular. The Bengals, on the other hand, are in real, real trouble. Now, the Bills' loss helps them, but here we'll talk big picture and then kind of smaller picture with the Bengals. Big picture is this. It's not just that they're 5-4. and four. It's that all of their losses are conference losses. So they're not going to have the tiebreaker seemingly with anybody except for teams they've beaten head-to-head. And of teams competing for that last playoff spot, the only team they've beaten head-to-head is Buffalo, and Buffalo might be playing themselves out of it. So big picture, they're in real dire straits, and they play the Ravens on Thursday night, and it's kind of a playoff game for Cincinnati. Now, the game itself, I understand folks are making the point that if Tyler Boyd catches that pass, they probably win the game. First of all, I'm not certain they win the game because that would have put them up four with a minute 45 left, giving the ball back to C.J. Stroud, who has shown you in that scenario he can drive down the field and win. But second of all is this. Yes, that the Burrow made that play at the end, But the fact of the matter is, Burrow had a really rough outing. And they scored a touchdown on the opening drive. On their next six drives, they gained 32 total yards and had two first downs. Then, in the fourth quarter, on back-to-back drives deep into the Texans' territory, he threw brutal picks. Uncharacteristic, brutal picks. And that is, to me, as much of a reason why they lost as the boy drop. So the Bengals are in real trouble. Uh, and they had they won that game, they're sitting there at six and three, playing the Ravens on Thursday night with a chance to take over first in the division. Instead, they're at five and four. Uh, you know the five win teams in the AFC: Vegas, Houston, Indy, Buffalo, Cincinnati. And the fact that Houston has the head-to-head tiebreaker with them to me is really concerning. All right, next. You want to do your NBA roundup? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yep. All right. Exactly right. All right. The, so, so we're go ahead. Yeah, so we're three weeks into the NBA season and some storylines are starting to emerge. Uh what stuck out to you the most around the NBA? Uh, as All far right. as, so know. I'm I'm gonna go, I'm not gonna go through every team, but I'm gonna try to rapid fire this in order of the standings. Okay? So we'll start in the East. Philly. Uh 
I mean, they lost the opening night to Milwaukee. Since then, they've won eight in a row. Maxi totally unlocked, 50-point game. Embiid, as good as he was last year, I said it a week ago, I'll say it again. Right now, they look like the best team in the Eastern Conference. Boston is right there with them, That, but Philly j- did just beat Boston head-to-head. Boston is, as advertised, a dominant defensive team with a ton of offensive talent. I think Jalen Brown needs to play a little bit better, but I think he will. Those two teams have really separated themselves from everyone else. The story of the Pacers, the story of Tyrese Halliburton, who continues to be one of the most underrated, to me at, at this point, an unquestioned top 20 player in the league, one of the best true point guards in the league, but can also drop 30 any given night. The Heat, you know, after the bad start, they've won five in a row. Sneaky team, man. <laughs> you know they're going to be there at the end. They also still have all those assets. They didn't trade for Dame. And you wonder if they have a move up their sleeve. Milwaukee, a wildly disappointing 6-4. and four. A team that you have questions about. That's the other thing about Philly real quick. Nick Nurse is the best coach Joel Embiid's ever had. You can see it showing up. And if the best teams in the East are supposed to be Philly, Boston, Milwaukee, and Miami, two of them have great champion coaches, Philly and Miami. One of them is a rookie head coach in Adrian Griffin, who the early results are not great. And the other one is Joe Mazzula, who the year-plus results are not great from a coaching standpoint. Um, the Hawks are one of the better stories, but they're a team I don't really take seriously. And the right now the Cavs are getting Garland back. They should be able to get it together. I, with Orlando, the story is Paolo and Franz. And I like that one, two combo. The Knicks are the Knicks. I know Knicks fans want me to be excited about them. We know exactly who they are. The other story, there are two other stories in the East. One is, are the Bulls going to blow it all up? And is DeRozan and or Levine going to become available? And the Washington Wizards being the most hilarious basketball team ever put together. <laughs> I mean, every night. Last night, they allowed a 22-1 to run to end the game. 22-1 to run in the final seven minutes of the game. I, I mean, they are... The Jordan got the Poole keys stuff now. is just high <laughs> comedy. And it, it's just better than anyone could have ever hoped for. All right, now to the West. Denver looks to me like the best team once again. And I listen, the Jamal Murray injury is concerning. And hamstrings are tricky. But right now it does feel like the only thing that's going to stop them from making the finals again would be injuries. Joker is as good as he was last year. I mean, they lost on Sunday. He had 36, 21, and 11. And they've been the best team. Ant Man, right there with. Go ahead. I mean, they have. No. Been. I mean, no. They, I, no, I said. I no, I said like Ant Man. I said Ant Man. Oh, you're going Ant- through the. the oh, okay, West. we'll get to them in a second. Uh, no, I was going to talk about Dallas before that. Dallas looks. Luca, look. Well, I'm just going down the standings. L- Luca looks unbelievable. And Dallas is eight and two. Denver's eight and two. I'm just going right down the standings. No, I was. Uh, I wasn't and, saying like, of course, like you're going over to Luca. I was just saying, of course. I got you. Um, And Kyrie, after a slow start to the year, has played better as of late. Uh, Their rookie, uh, Derek Lively, is playing pretty damn well for a rookie. Like, 
the Dallas right now, after a disastrous season last year, has to feel great. I mean, Luka is right now a top three MVP candidate along with the guys who have won the last four MVPs and Joker and Embiid, or the last three MVPs, pardon me, with Joker and Embiid. And then the Minnesota, Rudy Gobert looks healthy and dominant defensively again. Ant-Man is a superstar. He is a superstar and so much fun to watch and maybe our best hope for one day, once again, the best player in the world being an American because <laughs> Jokic, Luka, Giannis, um, there's someone Jokic, I'm forgetting. Luka, Giannis. Oh, Embiid. Embiid, Wimby, if he, you know, years down the road. Shea is Canadian. Like we, the, so Ant-Man and Tatum. Red. What's yeah, John Morant yeah, for a been. second? We'll get to them. The Rockets, Emo Doke is a great coach, man. He's a great coach. Wilds' guy, Shingoon, has been awesome. They've won six in a row, and they're a real team. Beat the Nuggets. Now, <laughs> I beat the Nuggets. And Shingoon, you know, did some work. I the Fred they, they they're well, I don't obviously like Brooks, but they're a well put together, grown up team now. Uh OKC. All this talent, Chet's only going to get better. They're really scary. Sacramento stabilized after the brutal start and now get Fox back. They should be as they were last year. Golden State is really right now living off Steph Curry's singular greatness. I mean, Steph is somehow maybe as good as ever at 35 years old. Not supposed to happen. But it's his his play style, man. A step slow. But but he's still getting to the basket. I mean, he's so good, man. He's so good. Clay looks a year older. Draymond looks a year older. The young guys haven't left. Like Golden State, I mentioned those top three MVP candidates. Steph would be right there after that. Speaking of guys who shouldn't be this good at this age, you have LeBron having another unbelievable season, and the Lakers getting this win on Sunday against the Wobegon Blazers. Was it the Blazers? No, it was the Blazers. Um, but it wasn't Sunday. Maybe that was Saturday. When, whenever that was, uh, it was Saturday. I think that was Sunday. No, that yeah the yeah that was Sunday. That's right. Um, it, LeBron missed. AD was excellent in that game, and the Lakers stabilized as well after a shaky start. And by the way, the Lakers' upcoming schedule they could rip they. Memphis, Sacramento at home, Lakers haven't lost at home, at Portland, home for Houston, home for Utah, before an awesome home matchup against Dallas. Like, they really should be able to win four of their next five. Uh, After the Lakers is Phoenix. I don't believe in that team. I don't trust that team. I don't know what's going on with Devin Booker's injury. KD's been really good. The rest of it doesn't make sense. They are, to me, they are on play-in alert. The Pelicans, after a great start, lost five in a row. Zion's like, I'm doing my best to buy in. That's not great. I, I didn't love that. Um, and then, listen, the, the Grizzlies season is over. It was over before it started. Shocker, the 25-game suspension from John Morant plus the Steven Adams injury, you can't sustain it. it. Just You know what I mean? 
With that said, Lesson they did learned. just get a win because they got to play the Clippers. And the Clippers, I said it before they lost the Grizzlies, are going to miss the playoffs. And I'm not going to address the old Clippers, you know, the Lou Williams clip, like, oh, we heard the bubble ring wouldn't count that much, so we took our foot off the gas. Give me a break. You were up 3-1 on the Nuggets, and you had 20-point leads in all of the games that that you could have. It was just (laughs) terrible. It's just such excuse-making. But that team does not fit, does not work. They're going to get rolled by the Nuggets tonight. And then what do you do if you're the Clippers? You'll be 0-6 since the Harden trade, 0-5 when he plays. You were down 14 in the fourth quarter of the Grizzlies. You made a comeback with Harden on the bench. You then put him back in with two and a half minutes left because you feel obligated. Russ got pissed. You took him out, and Harden airballs a three. I mean, you invited him into your building. Yeah, tell him he's not a system. (laughs) And Russ is playing for the league minimum. Oh, I think we lost my connection here. Demonze, you got to carry us. Oh, oh, we lost my camera, but they can hear. They can. They could still hear me. Evidently, I don't know what's going on. The camera just oh crap! Point up in the air. <laughs> You're fine, buddy. Thing. I got it. We'll take a quick break. Come back. <laughs> what's right? This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp because your mental well-being matters. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of that. Unlock the power of therapy with BetterHelp and witness the transformative benefits it brings to your life. From gaining valuable insights into your thought patterns to building resilience in the face of challenges. Therapy empowers you to navigate life's twists with confidence. BetterHelp offers a convenient online platform designed to be flexible, fitting seamlessly into your schedule. With a simple questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at no extra cost. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com right to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash right. Your mental health journey begins here. Welcome back to What's Right with Nick Wright, episode 193. This episode of What's Right is brought to you by the McDonald's app. I love the McDonald's app for McDelivery. I love it because it's perfect for every situation. Let's say it's pouring rain. You don't want to go out to get your delicious McDouble. Well, that's what McDelivery is for. Let's say your team's playing. You don't want to miss a single second. That's what McDelivery is for. Let's say it's been a long day. What better way to fix it than getting a delicious double quarter pounder with cheese and a large fry delivered right to your door? I personally love to order McDelivery when I'm watching a game or hanging out with the family and don't want to leave the house. And now every time you order McDelivery in the McDonald's app, it earns you points towards free food and who doesn't like free food. So there's always a reason to order in the McDonald's app. Download the McDonald's app today at participating McDonald's. Delivery prices may be higher than at restaurants. Delivery and other fees may apply. Copyright 2023 McDonald's. 
All right, welcome back in episode 193, What's Right with Nick Wright. Just so you guys know, I'm only seeing myself, so I can't see Demonze's face, but I'm sure you guys will fix that in a moment. Uh, there we go. Now I see everybody. Uh, Demonze, some breaking news during the break. Who could have seen this one coming? Breaking What's the breaking news? news? Breaking news. Offensive coordinator Ken Dorsey's been fired. Uh, apparently the guys, the higher-ups, have been listening to the pod and Used a judgment call and got him out of the building. I mean, I so here's the thing. I I'm listen. I'm never happy when somebody lose their job. Uh, I so I'm not gloating about that. I'm not. I'm not. No, no, no. I'm being very sincere here. It, it, having one of the worst things about having a public facing job is the world finds out moments after you find out you've been let go. It'll happen to me one day. You know what I mean? Like people are like ah. Your show got canceled. Like, you know what I mean? So I, I've, I've legitimate, like, I'm not reveling in that in any degree because I don't think he's a bad guy. It, my satisfaction in the moment is coming from the fact that sometimes for, there, there are certain things that folks try to act like are meaningless, but I think deep down they know are meaningful. And I'm going to go back to that freak out in the booth that was a meaningful moment that was a meaningful hmm put a pin in that and remember it moment and it to me was indicative of a team and a culture that is unable to stay even keeled and two weeks ago when the bills were you know on teetering on the brink when all of a sudden you hear Josh Allen talking about, you know, I want to, I don't want to get too high, but I don't want to get too low. I'm trying to stay low positive. Like, it's a team that is not, does not have its day-to-day emotions in check. Now, I do think it's fair to ask this question. Um, If, if they don't have 12 men on the field on the field goals, Ken Dorsey fired this morning. Probably not, and that's not his fault. Yeah. Sure, that's 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 on the, the special teams coordinator. coordinator oh yes, yeah, but teams, it's sorry. but it's really on the head coach. I mean, that's you know what I mean. That's actually on the head coach, and so you know, is there a little bit of ass covering by Sean McDermott here? Maybe, but you can't have Josh Allen once again being a turnover machine. And I do think there are folks that are saying, man, the one time in his career where it looked like he had the turnovers in check, Brian Dable was here, but before and after that, he didn't. You look confused about something. Go ahead. Yeah, I was like, for any fans that might be wondering, maybe it's a stupid question, but how does an extra ban even end up being on the field? Someone, like, is so, that like the... So it's, very, so it's this regard. Your field goal block defense... And your regular defense, some guys are on both units. So there's certain guys that come on for field goal and go off, and someone who was supposed to go off thought they were supposed to stay on. That's how it happens. You know what I mean? So just you had you had seven come on and only six come off, and that's what happened. And well, uh-huh. the pro- the problem is this. It was, yes, it was a rushed operation because the Broncos did something incredibly 
somewhat audacious, which is run a play, have the clock run, and then kind of do a fire drill thing there. But the Bills had taken two timeouts in the plays leading up to that. So you knew this drive, they were taking knees and the Bills were taking timeouts. Knee, Bills, timeout. You knew it was ending in a field goal. You would think a well-coached team would be very buttoned up on who's on and who's off the field. But Ken Dorsey out as the coordinator for the Buffalo Bills. Go ahead. Trayvon Diggs is uh, coming at Josh Allen, and he tweeted, uh, he he didn't even start going off until 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 Bro got there. Uh, So it's just an all-out. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, I mean, wow. it's, I don't know what type of like, uh, what type of cult, like is that what isn't that pretty bad? Well, here's the thing. Yes, it is. Now, theoretically, Stefan, like you're not accountable. So here's the thing. Let's put it like this. And I know these are two brothers and we're a father and son. But let's say let's just say for the sake of this discussion, you didn't work at Fox, okay? If you tweeted, "Man, Wild sucks. It's ruining Nick's show." Um, it just say you didn't work at Fox. Because of the relationship that we have that you and I have, it is a stinging indictment on what I think of Wilds, right? In that scenario, because people That's know what... you and I are close. You know you and I, you and I talk. If, if um, your mom's brother, who I like a lot, but I talk to maybe once every couple of years, if he tweeted something about the show, and then people were like, "Yo, this guy," I think I'd be like, "Hey." Listen, I mean, that is family, but he and I, you know, that's just his, what do you want me to do? That's just his opinion. There's nothing I can do about it. I think Trayvon and Stefan are very publicly, very tight. And that's why it's a problem. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like Stefan can be like, man, I don't even mess with that dude. Like, they are publicly, right, but not, (laughs) but my point is not all brothers, not all siblings are close. Right. But these I, two guys are publicly close. So you're not just, like accountable for things other your significant others or whomever says, but you are to a degree if everyone knows you guys are close and you talk. And yeah. you know what I mean? And so that's why that's why this is a bad one. That's Work why is this gonna is be a weird. tough one. Like what's gonna happen next week? Like you got a game. Your brother Next just publicly week, said, like, your quarterback gonna, has only started a bloom once you showed up. Like, what? Like, yeah. You, which, you put your brother in a bad situation. Uh, Correct. It's like, it's, but the, <laughs> right. No, I agree. Put him in a bad situation. But so here's here's the thing to, again, use the analogy. Let's say you did tweet something. Su- you tweeted something super negative about one of my coworkers. All right. The. The reaction could be, man, Demonze is really putting Nick in a bad spot. The reaction also could be Nick wanted him to do that. Right. Nick needs a little bit of plausible deniability, right? But Demonze's not doing this unless, you know, and, and again, that's where I don't know the full 
details of their relationship. But like, right. I'll, I'll, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and put myself, mm-hmm. I'm put put my career in your hands. I'm telling you guys this right now. If Demonze ever tweets something really sideways about Broussard, it came from me. He wouldn't do it without me asking him to. So, like, uh, I mean, and so I don't know about Trayvon and Stefan. And again, it's different because we're father, son as opposed to brothers. Like, it could be that Stefan was like, no, man, don't do it. And he's like, man, screw that. The world right. needs to know. I'm doing it. So you don't know. But it doesn't make things easy at work. Maybe a better yeah. example than you and me would be your mom. If your mom all of a sudden was tweeting stuff about my job, it would look bad upon me. Even if I was like, man, I don't, what do you, I can't control her. Right. What do you want me to do? People would still be like, nah, but what are you saying? Even if, even what if are you, you didn't saying want her to tweet it, doors? what are you saying right. that led her, you right. know what I mean? Led her to, led her to say it. Um, all right, let's play it quickly. It, we've gone late today. I apologize. Uh, let's quickly go to the game. Time for a little all in or fold today. Uh, first yeah. off, we got the Patriots. After an embarrassing loss in Germany to the Colts, where Mac Jones has been benched for the third time this year, New England is going into a bye at 2-8. and eight. They currently have the number three pick in the draft. All in or fold, it's better for the Patriots to lose at this point in the season. Uh, I mean, it's obviously all in, it's better to lose. Yeah. Winning that Giants game would be disastrous for them. Like they've gotta they've gotta try to get a top two pick. They've gotta try to lose out. There's no question about that's that. That's honestly Next. what it seemed like was going oh, go on ahead, last sorry. night in the Bills Broncos game. It seems like the Broncos are they were both trying to fight for a number one a number one pick of the <laughs> Yeah, draft. except they're both into the playoff race. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yes. I mean it Next is got, Demonte yeah. after the bye, it's Patriots Giants. One of the worst yeah. games ever. It's uh gonna it's gonna be, be I mean Tommy DeVito and Mac. Oh, I mean, my God. All right, next. <laughs> yeah, Kyler Murray. After tearing his ACL a year ago, Kyler Murray returned to the field and led a game-winning drive versus the Falcons. Uh, great for him, but horrible for the Cardinals if they wanted Caleb Williams. All in a fold, Kyler Murray should be the Car- Cardinals franchise quarterback, not Caleb. No, I mean, if you get... If I don't think they're going to get the number one pick. If you get the if you get the number one pick, though, you've got to draft Caleb. Stick with... Uh, I, I, listen, I'm still rolling with Caleb. I understand that the team hasn't won, you know, lately or has only won once lately. I get that. I still, I don't think Caleb's the problem at USC. That, that game though, almost went exactly what I was saying it needed to, where Kyler shows flashes, but they find a way to lose if they had just missed the field goal at the end. Mm -hmm. Uh, but the, I, listen, they might end up with like the fourth pick. And the twentieth pick from the Texans, and just have no choice. Which but is to good. Roll with get Kyler. some pieces. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that'd just be get fine. some pieces around him. If you're um, the Cardinals, it, it, I would say maybe there are some Cardinal fans that really like Kyler, and are like, man, if we could just get the third pick and draft Marvin Harrison Jr., get him a stud receiver, use the Texans pick on a defensive player, and just get going. All right, next. All right, the Lions proved once again they are one of the scariest teams in football as their offense kept rolling against the Chargers in a 41-38 win. With Golf yep. playing some of his best football and, uh, and Gibbs finally getting involved, they look pretty unstoppable. All in or fold, Detroit has the best offense in, in the NFL. I'm going to fold that they're the best offense in the NFL. They might be, but I'm all in that this is a very legitimate contender. 
I'm also all in on the fact that all the anti-math, anti-analytic charlatans were awful quiet after a game where the teams, two teams, Staley and Dan the Man Campbell, Going went for, for a combined two. eight fourth downs. They got seven of them, including the Lions, doing the audacious but correct. We can kick the go-ahead field goal on fourth and two with a minute 40 left. Or we can recognize if we get one first down, we can make sure that Herbert doesn't get the ball back. They went for it and got it. If they had if they had gone for it and not gotten it, they would have been killed. Dan Campbell didn't care. And for Staley, if Staley had done something like that and not gotten it, they probably would have fired him. Uh, but so shout out to the Lions for doing it and for both teams being so aggressive on fourth downs. Next. All right, Josh Dobbs came out with another great performance that led the Vikings to another win. They are now on the longest winning streak in the NFL. All in or fold, Dobbs will lead the Vikings to the playoffs. Who would think the Vikings have the All longest in. winning streak? I mean, they're definitely going to the playoffs. I mean, the, the here's the thing. Like, you look at the NFL standings right now. Philly, Dallas, put them in. Detroit, put them in. Winner of the NFC South, call it the Saints, put them in even though I don't think Saints are going to win the division just because they have the best record. Niners, Seahawks, put them in. That's six. They, after them, the Lions are, I'm, I'm sorry, the Vikings are competing with the four-win Commanders, the four-win Bucks and Falcons, the three-win Rams. Like, no, the Vikings are going to make the playoffs. All right, quick break. Come back, answer your questions. What's right? All right, welcome back in What's Right with Nick Wright, and it's episode 193, and this episode of What's Right is brought to you by the McDonald's app. I love the McDonald's app for McDelivery. It's perfect for any situation. It's pouring rain. You don't want to go out and get your delicious McDouble. McDelivery. Say your team's playing. Don't want to miss a second. McDelivery. Let's say it's been a long day. What better way to fix that than getting a delicious quarter pounder with cheese and a large fry delivered right to your door? I personally love to order McDelivery when I'm watching games, spending time with my family. And now, every time you order McDelivery in the McDonald's app, it earns you points towards free food. And who doesn't like free food? Always a reason to order in the McDonald's app. Download the McDonald's app today at participating McDonald's. Delivery prices may be higher than at restaurants. Delivery and other fees may apply. Copyright 2023 McDonald's. All right, DeMonte, let's quickly go through a few questions here. All right, not my actual name. Ask, do you think the Chiefs defense being really good actually hurts the offense because they're always playing with the lead and Andy gets safe with plays? I, I don't think that hurts the offense. I think it might hurt their stats. Yeah, I mean, I do I think the Chiefs' offense could be more explosive this year if they had to be? Yes. There's only one game all year where they needed to be able to move the ball and couldn't. And that was the they moved the ball in the Lions game. They just dropped the passes. The Broncos game. And that was like a stinging indictment because it's like, oh my God, this Broncos defense is horrific. It allowed 70 points. But the fact of the matter is that Broncos defense, since that 70-point game, has been solid. They the the Broncos defense allowed 17 to the Jets, nine to the Chiefs, forced four turnovers and 22 points to the Bills. Broncos defense been a lot better. Uh, so I think the Chiefs offense going to be fine, and I think that the I mean the Chiefs are by Thanksgiving might have the one seed damn near locked up, depending on what happens this week if the Bengals beat the Ravens. All right, next. Jonathan Park asked, "Is Dobbs the best quarterback named Josh?" He's having the best season. That's for sure. Next. Um, Chad R. asked, 
When do we get to stop push uh, putting Josh Allen in the top group of quarterbacks? Well, the, listen, I is the, the, this was on our first things first call. Somebody was like, so "Do we want to have the is Josh Allen elite conversation?" The problem is we don't have a universally agreed upon definition of elite. Like the if in my opinion, right now there are there is one quarterback that has like transcended criticism and it's Mahomes. He's clearly the best player in the league. There are then two quarterbacks that have that fairly have the claim we're next the next best and that's Burrow and Hurts. Then there's, there's a like group three, of probably Lamar Jack. Go ahead. Probably want to make that like a 3 the little three leg tier or whatever, Mahomes, and then three legs at the bottom. I don't think I don't think Lamar is on the Hurt. level of Burrow or Hurts. I don't. I think Lamar's on that next. I think that. Well, I just I just haven't I haven't seen him come through in enough big spots. the The numbers this year are not overwhelming. I would have Lamar in that next level. That next level is Lamar. I you know I would like Herbert. to say Trevor's there, but he's not. No, uh. Trevor right now hasn't earned it, but Lamar, Josh, Dak, that kind of grouping of guys, Herbert, maybe, maybe, I don't know. You know what I mean? Um, Herbert's probably one, the next level below. So like, what is, what is elite? What is great? I don't know. Um, all right, next. Matthew Quintero asked. Question for Nick: Why is Kelsey the tiding uh, the tiding goat over Gronk? Taylor Swift is better than him. No, he's just better than him. Gronk, listen, Gronk is the greatest red zone tight end ever. Uh, but Travis Kelsey, the longevity of it, the fact that he was dominant with Alex Smith, not just with Mahomes, like all I, I love Gronk, but Travis Kelsey has has p- surpassed him. All right, last one. Dusty said, "Need that Trinity hoodie uh, Demonze has on. Are those sold in the shop? Um, they are. are. We, we might be sold. Up? We might be sold out, Dusty. But I'll, I'll I'll find you. I'll find you one, and I'll give you a five percent friends and family discount. All right, I got to get to work. Um, Saw you on TV I'm, I'm uh, yesterday, Dusty. Oh yeah, shout out, Dusty. <laughs> uh, I got to go do the herd and then do my show. Should be a fun day. Talk to you guys later. What's right." Hey, it's Nick Wright. Thank you so much for watching. Please do us a favor. Click subscribe. It helps my ego. And Demonze's got a financial bonus writing on a number of YouTube subscribers. So help him out. And also, click the bell. I don't know what the bell does, but they tell me to tell you to click the bell. And your audio listeners, people that have commutes, drives, whatever it is, subscribe to the podcast as well, wherever you get the podcast. Same show, just, you know, just in your ears instead of through your eyes. All that. Check it out. Appreciate y'all.